This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss. Today, joining me on Level Up is Nicholas Madden and CJ Ramson from Sports Interactive to discuss FM 2022, the new match engine and the new animations. Guys, I know it's a really busy time for you, so thank you so much for agreeing to come on today. But first of all, Nick, uh, CJ, do you just want to give us a rundown of your role at Sports Interactive and what you do, please? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, thanks, Nathan. Um, I'm the senior producer of the Match AI team. So um, I lead the team of engineers, both on the AI side and the animation engine side, as well as working closely with our specialised Match QA. Hi, I'm CJ Ramson. I'm Match AI QA lead. So I cover a lot of the tactics, the player roles in games and decisions players make in the Match engine. How are you both? You all right? Yeah, well, good, Nathan. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on the show. It's good to be back again um, this year and, you know, to promote FM22. And the reception to the the beta that's been out has been incredible. And, yeah, it's an exciting time of the year for us to sort of get our work out there that we've been working on for the whole cycle and just want to get the fans' reaction of um, how good the game really is. So, yeah, really, really happy, but also, yeah, want to make sure that the fans are happy when they get their copy. Yeah, and you're making it your yearly appearance, Nick, as you said. Uh, thank you very much for that. And CJ, how are you getting on? You all right? I'm all good. Thanks for having me as well. Um, kind of like Nick said, the feedback's been really positive this year. And obviously, it's something we work on almost all year round. So kind of coming to the end of the year and hearing all the positive feedback and seeing people as excited as we are to finally get their hands on the game. Um, yeah, it's a really good thing to see. Cool. I, I want to start today's uh, episode by obviously introducing it and what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about how FM 2022 has the most authentic on-pitch action in the series history, which I hope you two are going to tell me all about. But first of all, I just want to confess something to you both. I only play Football Manager in 2D. <laughs> so you're we're going to change your mind. So, so surprisingly not alone in that, unfortunately. <laughs> I've never really played it in 3D. I've got, I've got to just hold my hands up there. So from reading about the new animations, I, I have played the new one with the animations and with 3D and everything. So I've experienced that. But just before we go into that, I just wanted to just get that confession out of the way, really. Um, so for, for someone like me who's never played the match engine or seen the animations in 3D, why should FM22 change me from 2D to 3D? What are the new features that are coming to the game that should put me over to the 3D? I'd say the main, like one of our main features for FM22 is our new animation engine. Um, that's something that like we've been working on behind the scenes for a few years now, and it's it's really an investment that we've made as a studio to try and improve the 3D elements mainly on the pitch. So um, the players, they will move more fluidly than in previous iterations of the game. And when you're watching your game in 2D, in the past, you were seeing the 3D of that just with the animations bolted on top of those 2D discs. Whereas now the future of FM um, 
the players have the ability to move more fluidly and off that disc as long as they make it to the point where they need to either like kick the ball or be interact with the ball itself. So yeah, there's a lot more fluidity um, and freedom in the movement and you can really see that come to life. And uh, this is just the start. This is the foundations of like, our future. And it, it, for me, I, I couldn't play any other way now. I used to be a, a massive 2D fan and we've converted a few in the office as well. Um, and I'm hoping we'll convert even more. Um, there's about 10% of people that do play in, in 2D or only commentary. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the numbers are at um, once we release FM22. Yeah, you talk about that new, the new animation engine and how it's still kind of going to be used moving forward now. And I was reading the, the deep dive into the new features and we talked about how the animations are now based off the animation of their skeleton, the player itself, which is which is mad to think of, of FM in that context. You normally think of a game like FIFA, for example, in that context. Just how big a step is that for Sports Interactive this year? Oh, it's a huge step. Like Because the, like we, we've been doing motion capture for a number of years. Um, and like me and CJ are lucky enough to have been going down to the sessions and actually like get our animations in the game. But the our animators were so restricted on how they could record specific actions and now we've given them so much freedom and you can then see that in the animation quality that's coming through. But obviously we've been quite restricted in the pandemic and we haven't been able to do as many motion capture sessions as we would like, but still we've got some beautiful animations that are in the game and it's it's given us yeah, them more freedom to record for us to really show the intention of the original animation and we're, we're less restricted and that's also adds to the sort of the realism of how the players move and interact with the ball, how they turn, how they dribble and, and how they even touch the ball. In, in previous iterations of FM, you wouldn't see the players necessarily make contact with the ball when they're dribbling. Now it's, it's re really smooth and like blended together very well with the sort of the, the skeleton of the player and, you know, even how it deflects off the player. It's, you know, it's not just a, the 2D representation with 3D lumped on top. It's a, a lot of work has gone into this behind the scenes to bring it to life. Yeah, CJ, when I heard about the new animations first off and I heard about the improvements to the match engine, I didn't quite put the two together. I thought that it was separate. Like animations and the match engine are separate things, but they're not. The, the animations actually changed the match engine itself, which I thought was really interesting. Do you want to explain a bit more about that for me? So in the studio, we do actually work quite separately. So we kind of have the match AI team who kind of work on a lot of testing, player roles and tactics, and then the animation team, which handle a lot of the in-game animations. But because we work over the same area on the same match engine, there's a lot of kind of cross collaboration and a lot of kind of our fixes help their fixes and their fixes help <laughs> our fixes in a way. Um, one of the biggest things, it's quite a small thing you won't notice over one or two matches, but over a full season or a couple of seasons, you'll really start seeing it, is kind of the players making sure they use their stronger foot to control the ball. And that was a really big thing for me, kind of using inside forwards and the way the modern game is, you want to see your left-footed right winger come in on his left foot and use his left foot to play the pass or the cross. And that was a big thing this year we really wanted to improve on, along with kind of, especially in the centre of the pitch, players turning on the ball and using the half turn and having that look and feel more real. Um, I think that's something we've worked on a big, a big way because 
people who play football manager they don't kind of play it for one or two matches they play it for <laughs> one or two seasons at least so you're watching a lot of games and the same thing can feel repetitive if you don't kind of keep it fresh and keep it new so I think that's a big reason why I've kind of like Nick said had people convert from 2D to 3D this year or had the 3D fans kind of really feeling like it's a fresh new game. Yeah, I've got to be honest. I've, I've, like I said before, I've never really played it in 3D, but I'd go this year because of the new animations and things. And I've been so impressed by just how the game flows and just how much more realistic it looks compared to previous years. And I've been really, really enjoying it. I never, th- I never thought I'd be able to be converted, to be honest. But you've definitely converted me this year, so uh, congratulations on that. And I'm sure a lot of people f- feel the same way as well because when you're watching you do notice these new changes you notice the dribbling you notice how the how the players control the ball you notice the little animations and the realism what you also notice is the the new pressing system which was very overpowered in previous uh, football manager generations and a lot of fans use the gig and press to their advantage but this year you've kind of changed it up a bit and updated it so that it's kind of it has it has also it obviously it has the benefits of it, but if you haven't got a team that's actually built to geek and press, people are gonna find it a lot more difficult this year, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Like for this like iteration of the game, like it's building on the, the foundations that we laid last year with the open play marking map where players can like look to block passing lanes and now we've added in more AI triggers like for the players and the players decisions themselves and it's powered by your team instructions player instructions etc but we've made sure that we've tried to make it even more realistic of like when a player could press when they should press and when they they should back off and they should just move and just reserve their condition because like their stamina is going to be a really really important thing um in, in this year's game it's it's about them knowing when to press knowing when to stop and not going at all out. That that was something that um, the fans had raised um, on, especially FN21, and the, the players could press relentlessly and you wouldn't see that necessarily play out. So it's about us, you know, making sure that it's realistic and that players can't just run for 90 minutes and they would be knackered, they will be injured, they will, say, go in the red zone. And so we need to simulate that in the game world. But yeah, hopefully the fans will see what pressing triggers are really in there. There's some that are quite um, that are quite obvious. Like um, if there's a heavy touch, they'll press on it. If it's near the sideline, they'll press. If there's a, a misplaced pass, they'll go for it. And um, if they turn, they got their back to goal again. The, the opportunity for the team to come up and press with you. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what other pressing triggers they actually pick out because there's a lot more. And yeah, it's about the decision-making of the player and not just the tactical instructions that you have as a manager. And that's something that we've really tried to capture this year with the the pressing rework. Yeah, and obviously pressing's been a huge talking point in the national media in regards to Manchester United over the last couple of weeks, whether they can press with Ronaldo, whether they can't, who they need to play to get... Do they need to to play a pressing game to win the Premier League? Do they... Can they afford to use a middle block? There's there's been a lot of talk around it, and I must be honest. Um, I think FM22 gives a, give players chances 
a chance to really see if that's possible to win the league as a high-pressing team with Ronaldo up front. I've been trying it, to be honest, with very mixed results. So um, we'll just have to see how that plays out. But Hmm. I I thought something was really interesting as well and something that hasn't been in previous FM games is when players press or when they get tired, their, their actual actions when they're tired will reflect that. They'll they'll have tired passes or tired touches which is something that I think is a huge step forward as well for the for the game series yeah I think a big part of the realism and a big kind of reason why people kind of didn't really enjoy parts of the Gagan press system or why it felt like it was so strong in previous versions was players they did feel that they could kind of keep going and keep going and keep going and in, in real life it's just not something you would see. Kind of recently, I was playing my own my own game. I started to save with Newcastle. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> and um, it was the 80th minute. I was four 0 up, and I still had like my maximum pressing settings on. And I'm watching my team, and they're barely pressing. They're barely going. And I'm realizing you can't just click maximum press full time and still see players pressing four 0 up in the 80th minute. So I think a lot of it making it more about pressing as a unit and knowing when to go rather than kind of pressing in individually how it felt before. I think that was a big step in kind of the right direction for us. But also making sure the right players can press because it's not as if pressing is a taboo thing in football. It's something very common. Most most top teams utilise some sort of high pressing system. So there's a reason why Liverpool might sign certain types of players because they know that they can press, whereas another team wouldn't wouldn't sign those kind of players because they want to play a much slower, more technical game of maybe a mid-block or low block, so whichever it may be. So um, making sure that it's reflected in the right way. I mean, you can still press well with Liverpool. They have top quality elite professionals that are made to press but maybe if you drop down to a kind of a league two level or kind of another country or even a premier league team that's not kind of set up to press in the right way you'll really kind of feel the effects of it yeah and it completely changes the players that you actually target as well doesn't it you have to target players who are specifically able to press with the right attributes and stuff so it's something that players the more players play the game they're going to find more ways interesting ways of utilizing the tactics and things and that that's the same for me as well i want to talk about the wide center pack as well because that's a new player role that you've introduced for this year uh that how as a as a Q, as being in the in the qa uh, team cj how difficult is it when you you're given like a new player role and just it's plonked into the system and you're like okay does this work or not uh what's that what's that like well a lot of the um kind of instructions of the role are kind of come from us initially and how we want it to play based on kind of real life data we watched a lot of wide centre-back variations from kind of how Wilder used them at Sheffield United back in the Championship and Premier League to kind of players like Adpili Quator and Cresswell that kind of played a bit more of a deeper wide centre-back role, all the way to that Tierney who played completely overlapping for Scotland to Arsenal, like, like hitting the byline. And um, this year, um, kind of respect to our dev team, it came into the actual game working almost perfectly at first. I've tested a lot of the new roles over the last year, so I tested the Mazzala role and Carrillero, and some of those were a bit more niche and harder to kind of get right or get in game and fit within kind of a modern tactical system. But I feel the wide centre-back, it was so suited to football manager as it was anyway, and I felt like it was a role that we kind of needed in the game for the evolution of kind of the back three, back five, and how teams are playing nowadays. So um, 
it was a big help kind of deciding to go defense support attack duty on the role. I felt like if we kind of kept it to one duty, it would have felt more restricted or there would have been more cases where the right kind of players wasn't being used. But I feel the way we've got it here and the balance is, is really good. And I just wanted to talk about like the the metas, if you like, in the game because there's, there's always like a, a meta in every every football simulation game in FIFA. It's the same. You find like exploits, and I'm sure you can do all the testing that you can before the game's released. But the best test is when you have hundreds and thousands or millions of players playing the game, uh, as you've had with the beta. Like there's so many people are playing the game. I've been following Miles' tweets about how many people are playing. That must be great for you. Guy, both of you guys to look at where like the fix is before the full game comes out and how you can tweak it that must be the best testing possible for you um i'll touch on this quickly before letting nick jump in but <laughs> one one of the biggest things when it comes to kind of exploits and testing that side of thing that's a big part of kind of qa work is i guess you want to get to release where you've got a match engine with no exploits and it's impossible <laughs> to exploit which i feel with this year we're the closest to it there's no kind of crazy formations that just win you every match or Mm. anything like that but we feel we would have tested everything under the sun and covered all areas but it comes to the beta and there's always ways where people find (laughs) different ways to try and find ways to exploit the match engine which is kind of something you just have to accept in modern gaming like i play the other games as well there's probably not a game out at the moment where some people aren't trying to find a meta or trying to find a little winning advantage but um a big thing for me is having no kind of easy plug-in-and-play tactic. And I feel this FM, you can play kind of such a variation of ways. You can play if you're two up front, your wingers, your three in midfield, your five at the back, four at the back, whichever way. And I've always felt that FM should reflect whichever way the user wants to play. There shouldn't always just be a, this is the only way to win. And I think we've got that balance right this year. Yeah, and as CJ touched upon, there's so many different formations and... Like, obviously, we have data that comes in from all of our researchers all over the world, and we need to reflect that in our game world. And some of the humans are just more creative than what our AI managers <laughs> would be. You know, like I, I saw one person post a tactic with two wide centre backs, two inverted wing backs, no midfield, because <laughs> the sort of the roles cover that midfield for them. And so it's very, very interesting. Mm. Um, you know, they were fifth in the table, so that they claim they won everything, but you can clearly see that they hadn't <laughs> um, just from their screenshot. But really interesting to see the creativity that, that our community can come up with as well. Um, but just quickly, the AI has the same selection power, but wouldn't necessarily do something like that. Like we need to uphold the data that's coming in as well. Yeah. So, you know we are making a real-life football simulation. It's the simulation first, it's a game second. It's just people enjoy it and want to role-play and be the manager and try and lead their team to the top. And so that's the beauty of our sort of a game, in a way. Like, But we are always focused on the simulation. The simulation's got to feel right. The goals per game has got to be right. Like, we need to simulate it as best as possible. Um, and yeah, something that we had we put in this year is touching on that simulation is the accuracy and inaccuracy changes like we felt as a team passes were just too accurate especially like long balls in behind it's so hard to pull them off and and so you you will see when your player does try and attempt it and actually goes through to the keeper and you're like oh, okay good effort but <laughs> you know that that's also replicates real life football and it's nice to to now see the evolution of that and yeah 
like I love seeing some of our fans and what they can produce and how they can shape the the match engine for them and their tactics. It's really, really interesting. And yeah, like I just hope that people do enjoy it because the variety is something that we want. We want variety of goals, we want variety of like um decisions, we want variety of tactics. Um and yeah, if they if they find a way, we will definitely try and fix it. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's also like we're on top of it as well. And so, yeah, it's it, if there is a meta, then come to the forums and we'll be happy to help you out. Just a, a question for both of you just on that, because it's just got me thinking whether or not it's after a game has been released or if it's with internal testing. Is the kind of a funniest thing that you've seen in testing, whether it be like a ridiculous like exploit or something that you've had to fix b- before the game's gone out or what's the funny or like a you know if there's like a someone scoring like five headers a game or something because it just happens to be too big and too strong like is there a, is there a funny exploit that you've had to fix and you think of it over the last few years um for the past few years luckily we've not kind of had any exploits that have worked well i feel it's usually the other way around where i'll kind of get sent a tactic like i don't know a crazy strikerless no midfield tactic and yeah this this will definitely win you the league with any team and i'll load it <laughs> up i'll pick norwich i'll pick my players and i'm just getting battered eight nil yeah. half time um, <laughs> i'm not sure if this tactic is as strong as you feel i do feel a lot of the kind of exploits we get sent it's kind of i picked manchester united and won the league this tactic too strong and Part of it's that, or part of it's maybe you have Ronaldo and all these other yeah. really good players that, that was working a lot of different tactics. So um, luckily there's not been anything that's worked, but more kind of gone the other way where I've tested it and it's ended up kind of making me lose a lot of matches. <laughs> Should, shouldn't have listened to them. You should have just kept with your own philosophy. Uh, Nick, have, have you got have you got anything that stands out in, in your time at Sports Interactive that you've, you've had to put a fix in with the match AI that, that could have been a bit overpowered or whether it would just not just be a bit funny if there's like a funny exploit that's happened. Well, like the end of the cycle last year, obviously like big, like long throws was something that people were obviously like all over. And yeah. it was something that was definitely like for the showdowns that we watch and we just wanted to make sure that we replicate that a bit more. So that a player say with six long throws can't just bullet it every time. <laughs> so that, there's definitely been changes that have been made based off people's sort of testing and how they're interacting with the game and their reports that they put on the forums. Um, the, the funniest, the funniest thing I've seen through development this year though was, um, the scale of the ball accidentally went out of whack and the ball covered the whole pitch, <laughs> which is both hilarious. And <laughs> um, yeah, it's always funny in the development where there's, there's just one number that just blows and the ball was absolutely huge. So and if there's one number, wrong in the in the spreadsheet or the data set that's it you you're gone you have to change it where the decimal place is wrong or something yeah you couldn't see the whole pitch which is wow. a really funny bug but it was just from the yeah the, the skinning of the the, the ball is so that, it got fixed the, very quickly but it was yeah. hilarious at the same time <laughs> so, so. Te- technically neither team scored then because the ball's not completely over the line so the, you couldn't even see the pitch <laughs> <laughs> And I play in Scotland as well, so you could properly see the detail of the ball. That was the oh, beauty wow. of it. Yeah, it, was, it covered the everything. And yeah, fair play to our artists as well, because it's, you know, obviously our camera angles are so far away. Yeah. Like um, in FM, just so that you can see it from a manager's perspective. Yeah. But the uh, detail on the ball was beautiful. 
<laughs> it was just that it covered the whole pitch. It's like, it's like <laughs> Ghostbusters meet Football Manager, isn't it? When you get a massive floating ball in in the stadium. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I would, I, I, I've seen plenty of funny bugs like that over the years. You but should, they, 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 the, yeah, it's, it's it's also that's the beauty of development. And it's also a shame that sometimes you can't release some funny things like that. It's, yeah. You know, it's not like a gaff highlight reel that we can put out. But yeah, there's <laughs> even ones like when we first put in the manager manager avatar on the start screen and yeah and yeah, um, you could make him so big that he could walk around the whole stadium like it was basically godzilla so oh yeah that was a great one yeah it's incredible but also it's incredible the level of testing that goes into things like that that yeah. we we have to and we do our vigilance before a game goes out to make sure that yeah as much as we don't want that going out in the public and we would try and sort of test it to its limits in-house as well so yeah I'd love to see that on the download section of Steam, just like, you know, Godzilla manager, giant ball, you know, just, <laughs> I think that'd be great, but maybe, maybe not so for you because you want a perfect football simulation game and that <laughs> kind of ruins it a bit, doesn't it? Shame. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I know, I know we've run out of time. So just very quickly uh, from both of you, what's one feature that you think fans will, will love this year and one that you love personally? I would say like a lot of our fans are very like statistical heavy and I got the pleasure to be the producer on the data hub this year. And that's one of like, I think one of, one of the best features like that we put in this year that isn't in the match engine itself. And the reason why for me is because it, it targets different audiences. Like your key findings can come through to you in your inbox and you can, you can, if you want to play the game fast, you can just see that and you get enough detail and visualization of the data that's in there. But if not, if you really want to dig deep, you can go and ask for certain visualizations that you need. And if you have a good data analyst team, then you get the best visualizations. So yeah, it's that, that to me is something that like, I'm really proud of what, what we've put in. And it's, I didn't realize how much you needed it. And now when I'm playing through, you really rely on those pass maps to see your tactic play out. You really rely on the zone maps to see where you're winning the ball when you're losing it. it yeah, and even the XG story, like these are the things that you need. <laughs> <laughs> and CJ? Um, one we probably touched on earlier, which is the wide centre-backs. I feel there's kind of so much potential in them and so many different ways to use them in different tactical systems. I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing how they'll be used this year. Mm. I think some of the other roles you brought in over the last re few years, um, they're really good roles and they still serve a purpose kind of in the modern game, but they're maybe not used as frequently just in world football as, say, the wide centre-back. But there's so many different ways and tactical styles if it's counter-attack or dominating possession that that I'm looking forward to seeing fans of the game use I'm really interested and intrigued in seeing kind of the development of them over this year yeah definitely um I haven't actually tried it myself yet I need to I need to try it I haven't really found I, it, I don't really want to do it with Harry Maguire I don't <laughs> I don't he, know he, he... he was the original in his whole days. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he did it a bit at Leicester as well, didn't he? As well, I think. Some stage, so, yeah, and for England. Oh, of course, yeah, of course, for England, yeah. Um, but with that said, I was using Varane when I when I was testing it over over Maguire. I thought Varane had a bit of wide centre back about him. Definitely, if you look at his technical attributes mixed with his his um, physical attributes, that that looks like a perfect match, doesn't it? With that, but. Um, yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to give it a go. But thank you so much both for for joining. Me. I really appreciate it. And from playing 
from playing it um, as much as I have been doing, I've been loving it this year. It's been it's been really good. I mean, I'm going to say that about every football manager game because I'm a massive fan. But this year's really really pushed the boat out in terms of the animations and the 3D. You've converted me to 3D, so um, and I'm sure a lot of other people will be as well. But um, Football Manager 2022 will launch Tuesday the 9th of November on PC and Mac. It will also launch on Xbox. It will be available on Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass for PC from launch. I also want to mention as well another Reach podcast called Claret and Blue. They're streaming FIFA 22, FM, sorry, not FIFA 22, FM 22 in a series called Aston Villa's European Tour. Go and subscribe to their YouTube channel and search Claret and Blue. Um, on In the first episode, I think they accidentally play Leon Bailey at uh, centre-back, so it's not going too well for them them uh but if you want to see some of the uh some of the antics that are up to go and subscribe to their channel and you can you can check out uh though on youtube but thank you so much nick and cj for spending this time with me today i know how busy you are and congratulations on developing yet another amazing foot manager title in difficult circumstances working from home different working patterns and things i think it's done an amazing job so hats off to you guys and the whole sports interactive team Oh, thank you, Nathan. I appreciate it. And yeah, really glad that you enjoy the game and I hope the fans do too. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to Level Up, the esports and gaming show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a rating and review. You can also follow us on Twitter at Level Up Pod, where you'll find all of our previous episodes and information about how to subscribe. We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon.